Alrighty guys, welcome to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron, and I'm going to keep this intro super, super short. I try to keep them to about five minutes, but this one's probably going to be a bit shorter. Um, So if you're just finding out about my podcast, uh, welcome. I cover a variety of different topics, everything from business to uh, lifestyles and things like that, and really, it's just a good time. This happens to be one of the very few Zoom podcasts I've done. Most of them are in person over in my studio over in Bayport, uh, but this is not. So my guest today is my buddy Miles Beckler. He is an internet marketing genius. Now I don't use the word guru because I think I hate the word guru and it kind of makes kind of just gives a bad vibe in my mind. But he is a genius. He's super, super talented. He has educated literally thousands of people. He has a tremendously large YouTube channel um, teaching people internet marketing. And what he does actually works. I'm not just saying this because uh, he's paying me to do this because he's not. Uh, it's it's actually true. And he's just a super cool dude. The kind of guy you want to hang out with, you know, give a call to every once in a while, see how he's doing and stuff like that. Super cool dude. And the best part about it all, and this is where I'm a sucker for it, Great story, just super cool how he built his whole life, started in, I'm not going to spoil anything, so just, you'll have to listen, alright, you're just going to have to listen, you're going to have a great time with me, alright, that's it, if you guys haven't already, pull over to the side of the road, hit the subscribe button, if, you, if you're if you not driving, you probably should have hit it already, but I'll give you one second, alright, good, now you probably should have hit it, so without any further ado, please welcome my guest, Miles Beckler. Totally, totally. And you can do another intro if you want. Like, um, I'll, I'll, I'll record the intro separately. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't mean to jump on that. But like, so like Twitter to me, and I think LinkedIn is similar. It's like, I'm not necessarily there to go like grow my audience, which is kind of odd because like everything we I talk about, I'm like repetitively saying, grow your audience, grow your audience, grow your audience. <laughs> but like on Twitter, I'm just trying to connect with other players. And so I have... Okay. It's like the the on stream of conversation. So I'm I'm connecting with other SEOs, other content creators. I've now uh, there's this one dude on YouTube, um, which that's kind of like my main platform. He's got like 450 thousand subscribers, and he's in the marketing space. So he's like three and a half times larger than I am. Uh, sure. He just invited me to the podcast because I'm putting up helpful stuff. I'm kind of engaging with him, and it's like a really cool opportunity to go build relationships with the other doers. Sure. Um, so that's what my podcast guest spots coming from i gotcha and then so are you actively reaching out to them or they they're reaching out to you or it's kind of both a a little bit right like so podcasts you always need a new guest and and so podcast people are kind of like i'm constantly sharing the podcasts i've been on and like oh man big shout out to res thanks for having me on the podcast type thing for people i've connected with and so that gets retweeted and then so it's kind of like the followers of followers thing right so if you're if you're one uh, what is it, the six, uh, six levels of Kevin Bacon or something stupid like that. Um, so if I'm like one or two people removed from someone who's big and I'm not connected with them, they can still see the retweets from my past stuff. And they're like, oh man, you know, like so-and-so just said he was a great podcast guest. Hey, would you mind jumping on my podcast? And it's like, well, of course. Right. And, and the readiness and willingness to just show up and, and go. Um, and so podcasts are cool because you generally, you can grow your audience and you can get the backlinks, which can grow your authority all in one shot. Sure. Very cool. So, so 
with that, do you want to do a proper intro and a proper start? I, I, my apologies. I kind of fucking like grabbed the wheel on you. And I was like, <laughs> dude, that was fucking the first question you asked was a question that no one's ever asked me. And it's like, it's something that's just been sitting in my head. Like, man, Twitter is, is so underrated for connecting with the players. I, I was like, this has to be recorded. Like, Jesus. dude, that's honestly, it's so funny. Cause when I do, and, and this could, this could all go on the podcast. I'm totally cool with it. Cause I, like, I don't know if you've listened to any of them. They're super, super open format. Like there, there's no like nice. people like, what questions are you going to ask? I'm like, I wish I knew I'll find out when we're recording, yeah. uh, which scares the heck yeah. out of people. Um, but it's so funny. Cause like, usually it's like after the show, like officially ends air quotes is like when like the juiciest of juicy details come out, even though the show's already ended. And it's like, Oh, how do we miss that? And then it's like a lot of times too, it's like, yeah. well, I wasn't really allowed to say certain things, so I couldn't say it on air. And it's like, all right, I get it. Yeah. So, uh, but I do have a question for you. How did you get into this whole thing? And I guess tell people what you do, because it's pretty unique. And as far as my guests go. Man, I'd be, I'd be curious as to your take on what I do. Um <laughs> So I started making money online in 03. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I graduated okay. high school in 1999, which was like the peak of the dot-com boom. So I had, I had friends who were like going to Stanford, going to Northwestern, big schools. And for me, it was like, that. that's pointless. Like, why would anyone ever go to college right now when, you know, 22-year-old kids are making 70 grand a year doing web development? Um, so I went into sales and I went in into the workforce straight away and like, I feel like that's relevant because it's just, I was in this culture of people were making money with the dot-com stuff, right? Everything dot-com, sure. even customer service reps who made their way up to customer service managers, you jump from startup to startup, like the, the pay correlation to being in the world of dot-com was ingrained at in me. And then in college, I was on the college radio station and another student who was my program director, um, he, he wanted me to spend more time at the station. And I was like, I have to keep going to work. I was a customer service rep crossing the bridge, uh, literally upwards of six times a day when I had to go work class, work to class, work back home. And he was like, let me show you this thing on the side. And he taught me how to do affiliate marketing on MySpace. Um, and then I got started getting checks in the mail, $1,200 a month, $1,500, $3,000 a month when I was like 24 years old, living at home, going to community college, working a full-time job. And I was like, dude, I'm making more online alt tab doing the work from work than I am like at an actual full-on desk job where I'm, I'm forced to be uh, tied to a desk. So that it became really real. Um, and then that came crashing down once MySpace sold, the algorithm changed. I wasn't building a list. I was doing everything wrong. And then uh, it took about seven years to really get my feet back under me. Uh, seven years of trying a bunch of different things, trying a bunch of different niches, trying a bunch of different uh, methodologies, uh, like entrepreneurial attempts, endeavors. And then in 09, my wife and I co-founded a website together in the, the meditation space. Uh, she ran forward as the uh, content creator of the brand. And I, I worked really hard as the optimization guy. And sure. that exploded. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't explode fast. Like it was a slow burn for three, four years. But then once it crossed like the 10 grand a month mark and then 30 and then 50, and just, it just kept growing and growing. And then in 2016, I started teaching everything I knew from all of the failures from my early years. And then also from what we finally figured out and did right with my wife's brand, I started teaching that for free on YouTube. And so in about three and a half years, I now have a YouTube channel with 130, I'm something like 135,000 subscribers. Um, it's reached like 7 million people um, just from freely sharing what I know. Um, 
and so now that's kind of like it's mainly wifey's biz my biz and we've got a team of about 20 people that help support all of the chaos that is uh, growing those <laughs> damn 20 people that's impressive yeah and it depends on how you measure it we got some people on demand if i was to, to count all the on-demand people who i use for less than a couple hours a month it'd probably be like 30 something people um but yeah it's it's uh like you know everyone sees what goes on on the front end but it's it's elusive in the world of digital. There's, there's sometimes a lot more going on on the back end, and we're, we're, very, we're very active, right? I don't believe in passive income. I believe in building real businesses that deliver amazing value and ever-increasing amounts of value for their audiences. And so we're just constantly like testing and, and refining, and I'm removing things from my wife's plate because it's like, why are you doing that over and over? Like, that's not that. Like, like, let's get that off of you. You do this. Like, this is way more important than that. Let me find somebody to go do that for you. Um, sure, it's a fun game. It's like a big. It's like a video game, but it spits out money. So I like it. <laughs> that's a good video game to play. Um, right. And then, what made you decide to jump on the meditation space? Is just, is that what she was into, or? Yeah. So my wife and I met at real estate school. I was flipping houses in one of those wide varieties of entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, I was a no cash deal. I was living in the dorms at the university of New Mexico and I was flipping houses, uh, had no money, was loading up student loan debt. And then the global financial crisis hit like, boom. So I graduate high school, go into the dot-com thing and the dot-com bust happens. Uh, I graduate college right amidst the the global financial crisis doing flipping sure. real estate and that implodes on me. So, you know, my path has been wrought with uh, challenges, but we met at real estate school. I hated my life. Uh, I was drinking a lot. I was smoking a lot of weed. I call that mood alteration. I was not enjoying the stresses of just being alive. So I was I was consuming things to change my state of being. Uh, I would rather feel buzzed from a glass of wine or high from smoking a joint than I would feeling like, oh, fuck, I'm about to lose 60 grand on a house. Um, I started meditating in the middle of the day, right? Can't, can't be doing shit like that during the middle of the day. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> so I started meditating, laying down with audio meditations, and it just felt good. It was, it was one of the other things I did to mood alter, to change my state, uh, to change how I felt about life and everything, and I felt better. Um, and I was doing that for about a year before I met my wife. And then when we met, it turns out she was doing something very similar in her own way, listening to kind of guided audio meditations. And so we had that kind of like commonality when we met and it was like, and she had played college sports, which was very, very rough. She played division one basketball, which was a very rough, uh, experience. And like, so she wasn't loving her life. And it was like, man, like I bet a lot more people would enjoy their lives more if they took a little bit of time every day to meditate and she agreed. And it was like, well, maybe, maybe we can share what we're doing and learning and, and thinking about and, and fiddling with. Maybe we could share that with the world uh, through a blog. And that's kind of how it all started. So it, it was um, something we found that was extremely valuable to us. Um, we were just like, let's, let's share this. And, and sure enough, you find keywords and people are searching for how to's and this, that, and a bunch of questions. And we would create the content that answers their questions. And then, Eventually, when they were searching Google, those same questions, they found our content, and um, that's kind of the startings of a business. Damn. That sounds so much easier than it probably actually was. Uh, I mean, so seven years of, of consistent failure, right? The first thing I had going on, that it imploded. I was living way above my means when that imploded. Um, alcoholism, frustration, uh, stress, uh, like 
it was not a pretty necessarily a pretty process, right? It's, it's simple, which makes me able to explain it in a way that's like, oh, that sounds simple. And it is simple, but it isn't easy, right? It's sure. extremely difficult to keep showing back up. Like, like the theory of boxing is simple. Getting into a ring with Mike Tyson, even if he's 53 years old, is like a death sentence. And, and uh, it's, it's more similar to the, the kind of like going up against, because we were going up against multi-million, $100 million a year publishing companies. Um, you know, we're just a couple of people with, with a WordPress website. Like, like, how do you persevere in the face of that kind of challenge and, and um, difficulty? And just Yeah, I mean, I almost works. feel like that's even still true to today with, I feel like there's a company for literally everything out there, you know? I, I, oh, yeah. I find it hard to believe that there's question, you know, there's probably so few questions that are unanswered to, the, to today's point. I don't know. That, maybe that's just my opinion. Well, think but. of it this way, right? No, totally it is. And I mean, and that's one of the things is it's all perspective. So there were people dominating the space when we started. Uh, when I started teaching digital marketing online on YouTube, there were people dominating the space. I was late to that party, right? There's been people selling and, and spamming that, that niche out for 15 plus years. Um, there's always room at the top. So you're never going to find a Google search result that has nothing, right? You're never going to type in a keyword phrase into Google or a search phrase or an idea into Google and, and get zero results. And Google's going to be like, I'm sorry, I've got nothing, right? Like Google will never do that. Google will <laughs> always pull together something. So it's, it's just this perspective of, it's, there's two realizations. So number one is specificity. So I've got a friend, he's in Vegas. Um, he's, he's a fitness dude. Uh, he's a incredibly fit guy and he's into the spirituality world. He's got a YouTube channel. I think it's like 200,000 subscribers talks about empaths and spirituality, but he is always at the gym. Like his Instagram stories, he's always at the gym. He finally fused those two things together and created a fitness course for empaths. Okay. Uh, most mm -hmm. people are like empath, like, like I feel other people, da, da, da. He, it's his best offer ever. It's absolutely dominating because no one's really been that specific, right? The, the best chef's knife for left-handed cooks. When a lefty who's lived all of their life feeling like out of sync with our right-handed world, the doorknobs are on that side, like everything is geared towards <laughs> righties. And then sure. they find this site that's all about them, their left-handed chef's knife, and somebody took the time to detail it for them. They fall in love with those kinds of people. And that's, that's where we live. So my wife's business, it ain't just like meditation. It's like channeled angel meditations. It is way down the spiritual rabbit hole. Uh, it completely turns some people off, but there's other people when they find it, they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is for me. And that's the age that we live in is this gigantic overlap. So like with me in the digital marketing space, I was the first person to just give it all away for free. I'm not going to hype up an idea like Facebook ads. You can blow your business up with Facebook ads, buy my $2,000 course, go to my webinar and I'll teach you Facebook ads. Like I just teach people how to do Facebook ads. I give them what they actually want. And that was actually surprisingly awkwardly. That was a new idea in our space. So I put a new twist on. So it's kind of like everything's already being done. There's a bunch of people in, in different levels of their business, but there's always room for the hustlers, for the, the unique people, for the creatives to find new overlaps new audience intersections, right? There's, I mean, there could be a whole uh, digital business for boomers, right? Like literally focusing on helping boomers build businesses online because it's going to be different than millennials building businesses online. When the boomers sure. find it broken down to them, they're like, oh my gosh, finally. But yet the whole make money online space has been like, 
like saturated beyond saturated for an extremely long time and that that's yeah it's beyond saturation right right it's the long tail right so it's like so there's linkedin advertising right like i'm i'm like the linkedin guy or linkedin marketing but then there's like linkedin marketing for restaurants there's linkedin marketing for chiropractors like you could break that one idea down and then i mean you could break it down multiple layers deep um like for female chiropractic you know like for for chiropractor and massage like for the people who have like a massage and a chiropractor in one type thing there's just a million and one ways to slice that. And when the individual is looking and they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like in, uh, LinkedIn marketing or Instagram, anything, right? And they're like, okay, cool, generic, super generic. But then when it's specific down to them, to their like chiropractor, to single, what would you call it? Like a single practitioner chiropractor practice, uh, like sure. a sole proprietor, right? Like I don't have a big practice. It's just me. And then, then there's this chiropractor at home who they, they work by themselves. They're all alone. They're a solopreneur. And they're like, oh my gosh, like here's someone speaking who's, who's lived my life, who's walked in my shoes. And, and that specificity draws people in. And you could look at the, the world of LinkedIn marketing and have a, you know, billions of, of competitors. But when you get down into these, you know, like, uh, like LinkedIn marketing for florists, Oh my gosh. I like really like that, that would, there's probably a really good chance that, that anyone starting today could go dominate that little nook of the world. Sure. And especially if you have lived and worked in flowers, if you haven't lived and worked in flowers, like you could still figure it out. But, um, do you know, Joe Polish, have you heard no. of Joe Polish? So Joe Polish, a piranha marketing. So he, he kind of was in the carpet, uh, carpet cleaning world. And he learned how to, essentially he sucked at carpet cleaning. Then he learned how to market his stuff and he became really good at carpet cleaning. And then he learned how to outsource and actually get other people to do the work. So he built a business. And then he was like, cool, now that I have all this understanding of how to do it, I'm going to go become the foremost marketing expert for carpet cleaners. And he, that business grew to multi, multi, multi millions of dollars per year, just teaching marketing to carpet cleaners because carpet cleaners don't know how to market themselves. But that, the same is true for plumbers and, and for every single thing in the world. And today, gotcha. that's, where, that's where the money is in, in today is in the niches. It's deep in those long tails. I gotcha. So really going even deeper than just like if you like, so for, for me, for example, I have a whole course on LinkedIn marketing and stuff like that, but even going deeper to say, hey, LinkedIn marketing for, you know, technology companies. And, and so here's the thing, right? It's the same stuff, right? Like the, the part that changes, like the how-to is the same thing, but the part that changes is actually the front end. It's, it's the entrance, it's the pre-frame. It's the, you help them realize before it even starts that, ah, this person gets me, right? And, and when uh, they gotcha. have that realization. So, so the carpet cleaning thing, he could probably take that, that carpet cleaning um, marketing process and he could probably rework that for another trade that's super simple, like um, window washers, you know, is, is some, like, I, I guarantee he could rework that course material and then make a window washer variation of it. 80 plus percent of the content is going to be the exact same. And from there, he could then open up a whole new market. And there's, so I think there's something like 25,000 towns in America, towns and cities of uh, thousands of population. Uh, so like everyone's going to have a window washer and a carpet cleaner. Right. So then you just take yeah. that same thing that worked over here for A, then you make a variation for B and on and on. If you look at ClickFunnels right now, if you go on the ClickFunnels website, I uh, don't use their product. I don't, uh, he's a brilliant marketer. He's not a great software developer, unfortunately. Um, but <laughs> on the ClickFunnels website, you'll, if you scroll down halfway, it's got all these bullet points 
And it's like, we do funnels for real estate. We do funnels for network marketers. We do funnels for, and I think it's got like 15 um, big industries. It's the same stuff. It's the same funnel software. It's the same tool. It's the same use. You do the same damn thing with it. But when it is broken out for real estate agents, real estate agents who are like, I'm a real estate agent. I need more leads. I need to do this marketing funnel thing online. And they find that landing page that is, you know, sales funnels for real estate agents. They're like, aha, this person gets me. Even though it's the, it's literally the same exact thing. I tweak the headline, you. tweak the video. Now it's specific. Now it's more valuable to that sub segment. Um, and it's going to stand out to them more because we're all thinking like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? I gotcha. Now, who taught you? Or did you learn funnels just from organically or did you take, like, have you bought people's courses? Yeah. Like, I'm curious to see like your whole transition through this whole thing. I've bought a lot of courses over the years, man. I've spent, I've probably invested a hundred thousand dollars in my education. Um, I'm huge on personal development and continued education. The moment we start, we, the moment we stop growing, we start dying. Like there's two states of being in this world. You can see it in nature, right? You got a plant, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And then the day it's not growing anymore is dying. Um, sure. And that, that's how we are too. So I, I feed my brain on a very regular basis, but it really started. So in the beginning, my wife and I had no money. We had no budgets. I borrowed $95. Um, I lost like 60 grand on that house deal that went wrong. I had $50,000 student loan debt. Couldn't even afford rent. Had to move back with my parents. So we started a, a WordPress blog. So we had no money to invest in tech. We had no money to invest in ads. So we just brute force used content to drive traffic. And once we had traffic showing up, we were like, okay, cool. Let me start to show these people a opt-in offer. Like get a free thing in exchange for your email address. That grows our email list. We could stay in touch with them, et cetera. So we use that super simple business model to grow our business up to about 10 grand, 12 grand a month. And then at that point, I was ready to like, okay, so I paid off my student loan debt. The cash flow is good. We're, we live very inexpensively, like rice and beans. Like I eat like peasant food. Like I just love it. I love rice and beans, man. Throw a little green chili in it and I'm, I'm sorted. So we live very frugally still. And it's like, okay, so where can I reinvest in the business? And at that point, there was a, a marketer who had a coaching program. It was a one-year program. It's, he's never offered it again. It's, it's off the market. It's literally what I've kind of the intention behind what I wanted to create with content and conversion, although I let that go a little bit uh, astray from that original idea. And he was like, look, the, the fastest process to scale is using paid ads and to send someone from a paid ad to an opt-in page. And then after the opt-in page, you show them an offer. You, you offer them something to purchase the moment after they just took you up on something for free. And that one idea, that was it. That was all I needed, right? Uh, that one idea blew the lid off of everything. And we, within a year, we were, I think we tripled our income up over $35,000 per month at that point. And, and just, just deeper investing in it. And, and I, I reinvest back in our business aggressively, um, incredibly aggressively. Like I take a very small salary. Like people would, people's minds would blow if they knew how small of a salary I actually took for how much our business brings in. And the, the reason for that is like, A, I don't want to pay taxes because all the salary you take out, you pay taxes on it. Uh, but really, I just want that business to keep growing. I want more customers. I want that thing to, to survive. I want my business to be there when I'm in my 60s and 70s and 80s spitting out cash flow. So I'm just all in on reinvesting in it today. What, is, what does that mean, right? What does reinvesting mean? Well, 
It means getting your message out to more people who have never heard of you, getting your message out in front of people who have heard of you more often, selling more things to past customers, creating more new customers and creating new products for everybody. Right. And that's it. So, so all roads are going to that. And I have taken a lot of courses. That was a part of why I started my YouTube channel is I bought quite a few courses in a row that were pretty bad. Um, some courses, there are a few courses out there, you know, 100, 200 bucks that like really deliver value. There's some that are two, three, four, five thousand dollars that are just terrible. They're just, they could be summed up in a blog post. In fact, there's a copywriting course right now that I have some friends who are all FOMOing over. And I found the dude explained the whole method that he's selling for two grand right now. Um, explained it on a blog post he wrote like a year and a half ago, like very detailed, 5,000 word blog post that's just super detailed on the whole method, the questions to ask, where to find the resources. But now he's got a 15,000 word sales letter to sell it for $2,000. And it's pretty much the same stuff. Like he maybe made videos to explain it, but the ideas were clearly covered in a blog post. And I think that's the truth of our world today. So there's all these fancy books out that just get rave reviews, like um, the subtle art of giving a fuck. Like the dude wrote a blog post. Like it's full of fluff. It literally, they took a blog it's post. So it was originally a blog post. It's, it's all fluff, right? And that, that's, that's the age we live in right now. Like that, the whole bit could be a series of three or four tweets. Um, it was written in a blog post. In, in blog post form, it's, there's, there's value in a blog post. It's a nine minute read. But if you're really going to spend and read 50,000 words on it, like it's just a bunch of nonsense that's in there. And, and that same thing is applied to courses. Um, every once in a while, I buy a course that's a gem. I refund a lot of courses because they don't actually deliver on what they're promising. People are really good. Really? Sales so you just reach out to them and say, Hey, can I have a refund? I will not buy a course today if it does not have a open-ended refund period, no questions asked. If they're not willing to stand behind their product, I know that there's a problem with the product, right? If it's a conditional guarantee and if you show me X, Y, Z, I won't even buy it, won't even consider it because, because that means that they have a problem with their refund rate, which means that they have a problem with, they're just not delivering on their promise and they don't care. Um, we're getting into the, the world, like there's a lot of sociopaths in, in internet marketing and in the make money online space. And a sociopath is someone who is willingly and consciously doing something they know is going to harm or not help another individual for personal gain. Right. So if I sold you something for 10 grand that I knew was going to break, like, let's say I sold you a car and I knew this car had a thrown rod. And the moment you drive away, this, the engine's going to blow. And I was just like, whatever, you're bad, not mine. Give me my 10 grand. You're out. Yeah. Right. Like that, that's a, that's a sociopath type of a move. And that's what's going on at scale in, in our industry, in the digital marketing industry. Um, so yeah, I won't even touch a course if it doesn't have a 30 day money back guarantee. And I'm, and I'm, I'm fairly well known now and I'm, I have no problem being like, yo, uh, refund this. And I've had to get on phone call. Oh, well let's, let's get one of my advisors to talk with you. Be like, cool. Like you guys aren't delivering our promise. Like, like you have a 30 day unconditional, like, just like, let's do this. Cause I ain't got time for that shit because it's, it's the opportunity cost for me. Right. If you buy into a $2,000 course, that's 20 hours, 50 hours of content, like, my hourlies, you know, I'm worth thousands of dollars per hour. Like that's a lot of potential opportunity cost. I'm about to invest in an idea. And if I can load it up and be like, this, this is not where it needs to be. I'm, I'm out. I'm out quick. Yeah. Now, how long do you give it till you say, Hey, this is not for me. Uh, it's, it's usually a feel thing, right? Like people are really good at delivering the people are really good at creating desire right? That copywriting, there's some amazing copywriters and copywriters have been teaching copywriters and you got it coming down from 
Ogilvy to Eugene Schwartz to Dan Kennedy to Gary Halbert. Like those are guys from the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s who have taught today's age of people. But like how long does it take for you to log into a software tool that doesn't quite do what it says or it's got bugs and you try to do something and it flashes up an error and you're like, yeah, this, this ain't right. Or I go through a method and I'm like, I know like there's nothing new in here. Right, I'll go through the videos and just be like, there's literally nothing new in here. Like they're regurgitating old stuff that I've not only known about, but I've been implementing and or I've, I've evolved beyond. Um, sure. And that's what's going on is people are regurgitating other people's stuff and packaging it up expensively and selling it. And I'm like, I got better content on my YouTube channel than in this $2,000 course. And that's, that's really, really common. Um, so with that said, I don't buy much at all at this point. Um, I'm focused on growing my team, getting my team to kind of execute on my systems and my processes to free up more time for me to think of next level kind of harebrained ideas. Um, I'm, there's some Facebook stuff that I pick up here and there. Um, I buy a few smaller things to keep an eye on what certain people in our industry are doing um, from the inside. But, but other than that, yeah, I'm not like, um, I don't watch webinars. I'm, I'm, I've unsubscribed from every single person's email list. Focus is everything, right? So, so it's that opportunity cost idea. And if I allow some big time marketer into my inbox on a regular basis, that means I'm, I'm going to get distracted at minimum by their subject lines. I'm going to open and read some of their emails for sure. That's going to suck up time that I could be doing productive things with. Uh, I might end up on one of their webinars, which is just going to suck up more time and mental bandwidth. They're going to insert doubt into my brain because that's how they have to execute to sell what they're trying to sell is they have to make us doubt the path we're on isn't going to get us where we want to go. Therefore, we need their mechanism to get us where we want to go. Uh, so my defense mechanism on all of that is just to unsubscribe from everybody. And I just, I unsubscribe from everybody. And through the whole COVID thing, man, everybody's like, we have to send you our update about this thing. Like, no, you don't, but thank you. Cause I can now click unsubscribe. And I just went through and bulk, <laughs> I've just been bulk unsubscribing. And um, yeah, it's um, I think focus is the number one thing that most people get wrong. They, they, we jumped out, we were chasing this rabbit. We're chasing that rabbit. We're chasing this rabbit. And the, and they're just the not focused on one rabbit. Rabbits get, that's it, man. Like it's one thing. This it's success is not sexy. It, you know, so I'm in this one forum, right? And so I did a case study site, started a site from zero a year ago, grew it to $6,000 a month income within one year. And I'm in this group where I bought their product years and years and years ago, and they teach the method. And this one guy's like, if you had $50,000 to spend on a site, what would you do? And it was like a poll. It was like, it was a Facebook group, A, B, C, D, E. Um, I rarely see this thing if I caught this one and it was funny. So I, I personally invested literally the exact amount of money. He was asking 50 grand in the site because I didn't touch it. I had other people build it and none of what we did, which is exactly what's taught in the course, which is the simple stuff that gets it done is what he was asking. So he was like, if you had all this extra money, would you go after shiny object A, shiny object B, shiny object C or distraction A, distraction B, distraction C? And it was, I had to, I had to answer. And I was like, dude, like I literally put that much money in. All I did was content. Like that was it, right? It's just, sure. it's content, content, content. And we, you know, by the time you published 36 extremely well-researched, long written posts, it's boring. It's annoying. And that's what moves the needle. And people are like, oh, maybe I could do fancy thing over here. Maybe it's that over here. Maybe it's that over there. And it's like, no, no, no. Like doing the one thing over and over and over and over is that the affiliate site you talk about a lot yep yep so uh, i did a case study kind of start from zero because 
So some people were like, okay, you and your wife had a successful site and then you started your YouTube channel, but you had all this knowledge that you brought to the table. You have this, this, this history. Um, is it possible for anyone in any random niche? And I went to a site that sells uh, affi pre-made affiliate sites for like 1200 bucks. It's only like the first six or eight posts. And I just chose from uh, a list. I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to buy a, a site from this random place and start. And we grew that one as well, which was, to be perfectly honest, it was not a great business decision on my part to do that. It was a total distraction. Had I put that investment and that time in my personal brand, I would be way farther along than I am today. Um, so I, I still get, I still slip up and, and chase rabbits from time to time. But um, at least there's proof out there that it's still possible in 2020. I was going to say, I think that's part of the fun, right? I mean, I, 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 appreciate it and i respect the grind but at the same time too it's i think there has to be some variation of fun to it so you know like i i started the online course right people were like hey you know start your online course start your online course start your online you know i need help with this right and i was coaching and it was yeah. getting out of hand and you know that's literally how it came to fruition where it was like i really don't have any time for this but like i see the need let me just go fulfill the need yep and then you know Shiny object syndrome. You're like, oh, let me go well, do this. And, and so there's ways to do that, that it supports the, um, the core, right? So my wife's business, what we do now, there's a lot of subject matters that she talks about and, and affiliate relationships that she has that they're a couple of steps away from what her core is, but her site is such an authority that she can go rank really quickly and effectively for things that interest her and they just interest her, right? Like, um, just we're really kind of getting into gardening and stuff and she's able to bring in some kind of interesting gardening based content inside of this niche site that's like meditation and spirituality and it works and it's ranking and it's working and and so that's when i say i got like starting a new website from zero that has zero domain authority versus kind of building another category onto my site to to ser to solve another problem that my audience has, that was the, what I would consider a poor business decision. Sure. Um, but it is what it is, right? Like um, you, Tony Robbins has that bit that it's, we humans, we need two things. Number one, we need certainty in our lives. Uh, we need to know we got a roof over our head. We need to know we got food. And then we need uncertainty. Because if our life is all certain, we get bored. And if it's all uncertain, we stress the fuck out and can't handle it. So sure. we all need this balance of certainty and uncertainty. And it's, it's about how do we do that while being of service to one audience. That, if I was to sum it up, that's what I did is I, I shifted to start a whole new audience to be of service to instead of giving more value to my audience. Because everyone who watches this, everyone in your audience, everyone in my audience, they're going to buy other things right? They're going to buy things in mildly non-related worlds. So I wear these like blue blocking glasses at night. It helps me fall asleep quickly. Like, is that in my space? Is that not in my space? I don't know, but I could totally put out a post, an affiliate post and rank it and do well and probably sell a bunch of those as an affiliate. Um, and there's all of these other time, uh, time management stuff. Uh, you know, I don't talk about that much, but it is necessary for entrepreneurs. So that's where it can be. I can kind of go uh, ring by ring by ring out versus haphazardly randomly choosing something and, and starting from zero again. Because uh, starting from zero is tough. And, and it's funny because once you learn how to build a WordPress site, drive traffic, search engine optimization, you're like, oh my gosh, 
I could build a website on anything. And it's true, but uh, none of them will go very quickly if we try to build multiple sites at once, which is what that guy in that group was asking. Like, would you start a second site? And it's like, oh, that's just, that's, that's danger zone. And it's a very common thing for people to do. To start a second site. Oh yeah. Oh, because you have the power. You're like, I know how to do it. I know how to put content on a page, the logo for entrepreneurs, our personality type, like building things a lot of times, not every entrepreneur is like this, but for a lot of entrepreneurs were um, very strong in the fast start of the Colby index score, which is a personality test. And the fast start means we, we love jumping in. We love building new things. We love getting out the heavy machinery, digging holes, uh, but we also are often prone to leaving the workspace a mess and not buttoning up all the, the fit and finishes and not finishing everything, uh, which is why having a complimentary partner can make really good sense. But a lot of entrepreneurs, you, they, they'll build something to 80% and then they'll jump to something new. They'll build it to 80% and then they'll jump to something new. And they repeat that cycle and they never achieve uh, what they could because they never actually push that first thing all the way to where it goes. Um, I heard a quote, I think Dan Kennedy was like, you know, the, the money really starts to flow in at year 10. And most entrepreneurs don't stick with one project for 10 years. And my wife and I were at year 10 with her business right now. And it's, it's astounding. It's, it's magnitudes more income. It's magnitudes more traffic than I ever assumed. And the reason I, I didn't even think this uh, was possible. Like literally, I just did not even have a comprehension of, of the possibility 10 years ago. And here we're living it. And the reason is because we have kept showing up for this one audience and we're still showing up for them today. Yeah. Sorry, somebody walked in. Um, no worries. Somebody walking on your beach, man. They're not socially distanced. No, <laughs> you I, yell I, at them I, for, my office is a mile away from my house. You, you should yell at them for not wearing a mask on the beach. <laughs> um, when you... Now, with this affiliate site, because I'm, I'm, I think it's almost... I don't want to say more interesting, but because it's brand new, how long yep. did it take you to start getting clicks? Like from zero to today, like what was that process like in that grind? We went backwards for the first three months, um, flushing money down the drain, lighting stacks of hundred dollar bills on fire, uh, hiring the wrong teammates, trying to go quicker, trying to, trying to run before we were crawling, right? Trying to run before we were walking. Um, so we caused a bunch of problems for ourselves, but the, the, the process is quite simple, right? So you commit to an audience of people who are all searching for help with a subject matter. And then you figure out everything they're searching for, like literally just go find all the stuff they're searching. And then one by one, you create the most valuable and the most helpful piece of content on that topic. And one after another, after another. And we were able to get, um, we got our stride in the process of idea, keyword, content, publishing, all the way kind of like in, out, in a succinct process. It took about three months just to figure out the process. Um, and the byproduct of that was some terribly written stuff by teams who I would never rehire again. And um, we had to hire editors to go fix that stuff. So we kind of kept digging that hole deeper. Uh, about month five or six, the traffic started to really stack up. Um, so we were probably um, 60 posts in, and these are like incredibly in-depth posts, very long. Most of these posts are 2,000 to 3,000 words, if not longer, um, very well-researched, professionally written, um, best stuff we could muster, literally like the best of the best we could do. Uh, at about 60 posts in or so, we started to see some traffic and starting to bump up against the 100 visits per day mark. Um, 
in that period of time, my project manager who I hired to run that, he confided in me in a Zoom call. He was like, dude, I would quit right now. Like the, the number of challenges, the zero traffic for four months straight, like literally zero traffic for four months straight after we had published. Um, so we were doing 12 posts a month. So four months in, that was 48 posts. Six months in, that was about 70 posts. So mm-hmm. it took about 70 posts to really see the traction, but it took about 40 something posts to see anything start to move. And then we started to see the impressions go. And then we started to see this. And, and so we pay attention to Google search console data. And when you see the impressions show up, we go back into those posts and we, we improve the click-through rate and we improve, we, we just always loop back and improve. So we've got a hundred and something posts on the site today. It's generating, we've kind of started to, to kiss the 2000 uh, visits per day mark. Um, we're bouncing in around, I think we're at like 50-ish thousand visits per month. Uh, to the website at this point in time. And um, it's still growing. We got hit by an algorithm update and I did something stupid. I tried to speed up the site with Cloudflare and it just, we just plummeted from the search engines. Oh, I had uh, major issues with Cloudflare. Yeah, everybody major. recommends Cloudflare. I've done, that's me chasing shiny objects, man. Just destroyed. So, and we're starting to recover that. That set us back about a month. Amazon cut our commissions in half on the path. Um, yeah, they cut everybody's think, commissions. Yeah, they're thinking that's the end of the world, and it's like the second or third time they've done it. It's totally normal. Um, I mean, I had my other business. Do they go back up after like major crises, or do they just permanently cut it? Oh, Amazon! Oh, they'll never, they'll never go the other way. Uh, Amazon cares about their stock price because Amazon cares about their shareholders. That's the number one, the number one goal of a corporation is to deliver value for shareholders. Like that's it, right? For for the ownership. Um, so no, they'll, they'll never decide to, to give more money away. Uh, this was a permanent change. So we're adding on other affiliate programs and other things in there. And, and this is just normal, right? This is like, it, it's expected. I always expect there's something crazy coming down the pipelines. Um, I always am focusing on building a more diverse and a more stable uh, traffic source, income source, whatever you call it, business altogether. Uh, because I didn't know the COVID thing was coming, but I knew something was coming, right? I, I grew up and I survived the dot-com boom. I survived the global financial crisis. I survived sure. the Google algorithm updates of 2011, 2012, which destroyed businesses, the hummingbird and the penguin and panda updates. And it's just been nonstop. I survived the Facebook. Uh, I, I mean, I survived MySpace coming and going. I survived the Facebook organic traffic boom and bust. And it's just on and on and on. So like that's business, right? And that's where when you- The roller coaster you ride. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a challenge, right? That this is, that's where my uncertainty comes from. See, I don't need to go play in another sandbox to get uncertainty. I just like, like it's just the, the ever-shifting worlds of the algorithms within the one business. It's, it's ever-changing. Sure. Um, and the needs and wants and desires of the market are always also changing. People's needs, desires, and wants today in a we're kind of coming out of lockdown world are different than they were two weeks ago when we were in locked the F down world. And that's different than they were two months ago when we were like, oh, I don't know what this Wuhan thing is, right? Um, my ass was in Peru when the shit hit the fan. Uh, like, so it's, it's there's the, the variability and, you know, we've been up talking to our list and, and giving away, do, we're just doing things differently as, as things adapt and evolve, we keep going. And, um, I kind of, I kind of wandered off of your, <clears throat> excuse me, questions about the, the affiliate site, but like, so not only have we written a hundred and I think we're going to end the year at 112 posts. Uh, we've, we've gone back through, I would assume 90% of those 
and damn near rewrote everyone. We've rewritten the title and description for every post probably four to six times. Oh, so wow. it's, it's not just like, okay, there's my post. I did the best I could. Cool. Um, that's, that's just step one. And it's a constant iteration, constantly improving on it, constantly going back. And why are we here? Why can't we get up to the number four spot? Why are we stuck in the number five spot here? And, and just, just constantly like improving those things. And out of all of that work, we've got like four posts that are making all the money. And we got like four posts, five posts that are bringing in all the traffic out of hundreds of things. So it's, it's, you know, I think the baseball analogy is, is a fitting analogy because uh, Babe Ruth struck out more than anybody in, in the history of the game. And he's one of the greatest hitters in the history of the game. And, and most people don't like the, oh, I put up 10 posts and they did nothing. It's like, well, cool. That's normal. <laughs> like keep going and like get to a thousand posts and you'll probably have 10 uh, or dude, 15 you, that are doing well. We, you were on a, we were on a Q and a a couple weeks ago. I don't even know if you remember, but I was like, Hey, I have like 45 blog posts on my website. And it literally was probably a month ago and I'm going to break a hundred at the end of this month. I may have awesome. gotten a little carried away, but. Yep. And are you checking in search console? Do you go to google.com slash webmasters? Do you like have that all tied in? Probably yeah. more than I should. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's where it's the, the leading, the most leading indicator looking at that seven day window. I set it to a seven day window and I'm looking at the impressions. Um, so for, for the listeners and viewers, uh, search console is a Google tool. It's a free tool. You have to tie your sitemap in and verify your account or your website. But once you do, it shows you how often Google is showing you in the search engine results. And a lot of people just look at analytics, which only shows you the number of clicks that you're getting, but you get impressions before you get clicks. And what happens is sometimes Google will show a post and you'll get tens of thousands. I mean, hundreds of thousands of impressions. I mean, I got on the miles back. So I got one that's got like 8 million impressions in the last year. And it's, oh so God. that's all the eyeballs. And then how many people are actually clicking on it? And when you have a lot of impressions and no clicks, Google's like, there's something broken here, you're out. So we're looking at the impressions for when we see a spike up in impressions, and then we go in and improve it to make sure we're getting a lot of clicks and we wanna get more clicks than our competitors on the first page. Um, that, that's the game. And so when we see something pop up and we get more month over month positive change, uh, from that point we go um, improve the content. That's, that's, that's our indicator. That's the, the flag that says this post needs to be improved. And that's why when I say we've 90% of our posts have been improved in the titles over and over, it's because we've seen them all pop up at some point in, in the history on that tool at some point or another. I gotcha. I gotcha. Bring, to bring it back to Cloudflare real quick. So I had a major issue with them. <laughs> I'm very curious to know your pains and troubles through it. Um, but for some reason site. with Cloudflare, because I have a website built on Kajabi, just, just what I use to start the course. And, um, and all my blogs are on there. I just figure keep it all in one place. I know it's somewhat against your methodology. Um, but I'm curious to see like how well the platform is actually going to do. And for the first year, literally year until the end of last month, I had issues with Cloudflare giving timeouts and yep. SSL certifications and all, that, all of that kind of just constantly issue after issue. And then finally, one day I got it resolved 100%. Oh, nice. Nice. I just turned it off. Oh, you don't need, you just stop using it. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like it, I, I turned it on because it was supposed to speed up my site. Uh, I watched inside of search console three days straight. The data, the data is, um, like two days, uh, it's two days arrear. Um, so you, you only see data from a couple of days ago. And then, so I noticed it went down. I was like, Ooh, that's not, that doesn't look normal, but it was still within an operating range. And then the next day it was a leg down from where it was. So I turned it off. And then two days later, it kept going down and down and, and I just 
directed it directly to my server. So, but yeah, if you're doing all your blogging on Kajabi and you're not getting the traffic you want, like that, that's, that would be the big, you know, like I wouldn't expect you to get a lot of traffic blogging on Kajabi because that's not what they do, right? It's a video course. Um, so it's kind of like, if you want to enter a Ford Escort into a drag race, like you can, but I'm bringing a big block Chevy and like, sure. just don't expect to win, right? Like you can bring a less efficient, you can bring, uh, you can bring a spoon to a knife fight if you want, just like, <laughs> I wouldn't really expect to do anything with it. Um, yeah. because that's just like WordPress is the most search engine friendly optimized system out there. It has tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of volunteer developers working on improving it all day, every day. Kajabi maybe has five developers and most of their developers have never built anything. Most of their developers have their heads up their asses when it comes to SEO and they have no clue how the game works because they've never done that game because sure. they don't care because Kajabi is for Frank Kern who has a giant audience and spends millions of dollars in ad traffic to go promote his course and sell it through a ClickFunnels page, which is what Frank Kern uses to be specific. And Frank Kern don't do no blogging. If you just look, people who use Kajabi successfully rarely have blogs. If they do have blogs that work and they drive organic traffic, I guarantee you, if you just right click view source, you'll see that their blogs are actually on WordPress. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm debating on jumping ship and moving over. I, I, you can I leave your know. course there. You just got it's just the blog stuff, right? You can it can work together. Um, so you can have the so we run our you can run your learning management system at a subdomain. So it can be um, course.yourname.com could be where Kajabi lives, and then yourname.com is just the normal blog and all your landing pages and all that stuff if you want. Um, but yeah, if if like it's just the the code, right? The 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 efficiency of code matters in a big way. Google reads your site at two levels. It's like, what's the code say? What does the actual text on page say? And if the on-page text is subpar, you're not going to rank. If the code on page is subpar, you're not going to rank. And the code could mean uh, load slower, da, da, da. And you just have less ability to uh, improve things because it's a closed system. Gotcha. All right, good to know. So to get back more into business here. So yep. you said that you want your business to just be an ATM for the next, I don't know, what's well, called 40 years. So yep. you have no plans on retiring or anything? No, there's no such thing as retirement to me. Uh, I've, I've seen no one, I see no data of people who have retired and have enjoyed their life. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of tradesmen pass away shortly after retiring. I've seen a lot of People get confused and uh, feel like they're not as valuable um, after they retire, if they stop doing what they want. Um, the word retire means to withdraw from, and I don't want to withdraw from life, right? There's, there's two states of being in this planet. There's growing, there's dying, and I, I plan to grow. Um, it's going to evolve what my business means. I'm going to continue to evolve what I do. Um, but yeah, I see no reason to stop giving value and helping other people at any point in my life. Like I'm on this planet to help people and, and I'm going to do that and, until I can't. And then I'll figure out a new way to help people and I'll do that until I'm gone. Sure. Uh, and I'll, then I'll just leave it all in a trust and protect a bunch of wildlife on my way out. And donate <laughs> I was going to say, you're a worldly traveler. I've done a bit. Yeah. Uh, not so much anymore. No, no plans. My last few plane flights were not fun flying as um i left peru what three days before they closed the borders and i got my temperature checked when i pulled into um 
Colombia. And then I left Colombia, I think a day or two before they closed the borders um, and then flew back into the US. And those plane flights were beyond uncomfortable with everybody on masks and they were spraying, like, I don't know what they sprayed, but like we got like fogged with some antiviral, antibac, I don't know. I hope it was like Lysol. I don't know what the fuck they were spraying on us as we entered one country and uh, taking my temperature checks from masked nurses. I entered other countries and just like, I'm, I'm good traveling the world for a bit. I got that shit out of oh, my, yeah. my system and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn how to grow some food is what I'm going to do. And sure. Give so what is, to- uh, what does the Miles Beckler do outside of work? Cause we, I, I say we meaning myself and everybody in content and conversions yeah. see you work. That's all I do. What you just work, work, work. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, I, I like I, I, you know, like the books I listen to reading, like I'm, I'm kind of into investing a bit um, on the side. I do some real estate investing. I do some, uh, yeah, like, like investing stuff. I'm kind of like trying my hand at gardening. I've got 20 acres of timber. I'm learning uh, timberland management, but that's because I kind of want to um, protect large swaths of timberland. I'd love to um, essentially turn hundreds of thousands of acres of timberland into uh, like parks and conservation land with, with the abundance that I've, I've figured out how to create in this world. And um, so that, that, those are kind of some of the things I do um, around. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I, I really am just, just incredibly passionately driven. And this is why when people are like, oh, choose a niche and like, oh, the marketing niche. And like, I'm not alone in this. There, there are a group of people who just want it so bad. I'm up at 5, 5.30 every single morning, excited to be on my laptop. I'm often on my laptop till the sun goes down and the sun goes down late. I'm up in the northern climbs and you know, I'll be on my laptop till 7, 8 at night. I'll do 10, 12, 14 hour days. Yeah, where do you live now? Uh, I split my time between uh, Northeastern Washington and Sedona, Arizona. So in the summertime, I'm up here in uh, the Washington uh, area. And then usually in the winters, uh, usually it was fall and spring. I was down in Sedona and then, then some tropical beaches for winters. But um, now I am kind of in between the two. And um, yeah, just got a nice dedicated office at both. Uh, rent the one out when, when we're not there. So it's a little Airbnb investment. It's doing wonderfully right now. And um it's interesting, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm just I, like, how do I help? Like, that's what I've committed my life to helping others. And, and I constantly ask myself these questions. And, and that is that is what I do. So I'm like gardening, for example, I'm out in the garden, I got earbuds on right here, right? I got my freaking headphones and my phone, I got some Dan Kennedy marketing audiobook or some, you know, I'm just I nonstop pulling ideas in and then things click. And it's like, Oh, that's what that member is working on. Okay, cool. I gotta go jump in and tell her about this or I gotta go jump in and help them with this. So it's like, it's, it's never not on, you know, my wife and I go for hikes all the time. We're always kind of like, you know, enjoying the scenery, enjoying where we're at, bouncing ideas about things we could create for our our business off each other and masterminding. And it's, it, it is an obsession. I think is the word. Do you unplug ever? No, really? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I go outside and like, I'll go for a hike for a couple hours and I won't bring my, I don't bring my cell phone. I don't do stories. I don't do, I don't do much on the world of social media. So those are my unplugged moments. I meditate every day for, you know, 30 to 50 minutes a day. Uh, so that would be unplugging, but it's, so it's, it's short things done consistently. I sleep, uh, I'm, I'm usually asleep by like nine, nine thirty at night. Um, I sleep extremely well through five. So like sleep nine to five type thing. Um, but yeah, like it's so little bits and it's like, uh, 
I look at it, I, I've, I've thought a lot that, that building a business online is um, a marathon, but I think it's actually more a series of sprints. And so little sprint, rest, little sprint, rest, little sprint, rest. So I've got these, you know, I'll go out in the garden for an hour. I'll come back in and work on stuff, but I'm still listening to stuff when I'm, when I'm out in the garden. And like, I've tried like hanging out on a beach, you know, I've lived in beaches all over the world and it's, it's boring. Like sitting on a beach, drinking fucking this at the other, sitting under an umbrella, like, okay, like this is, this is boring. Like I could go help people. I could go create things. I could go create value in this world. Or I could just sit here and like, I don't know, like, yeah. I'm just bored. Yeah. It is. And that's, I think it's part of the entrepreneurial mindset. I think the, the idea of passive income is a lie that people buy into and then they get there and they're like, this sucks. And they, they start another project. They start another project. And the gurus who sell passive income are actively building their businesses left and right because they fucking love it. And it's okay to love creating value in the lives of other people. Like, sure. like in fact, I think our world would be a better place if more people actually just stepped up and aligned with that and, and dedicate themselves to helping other people, whether it's helping granny give her dog haircuts from home, uh, man, iPhone pet photo. I found this website the other day, a niche site. Um, it's, it's iPhone pet photography. There's like a, there's a pet photography lady who's crushing it. I think she's making like 10, 12 grand a month doing pet. And then there was an iPhone pet photography lady. And just to talk about those nested orders of, of ideas. And I got a friend doing just straight photography. He does like, uh, he does 150, $200,000 a month. Um, so it's like photography, pet photography, pet photography with cell phone. And like all of these people are crushing it in their own right. And like the people who do that, love it. Like they're not going to stop having pets and they're not going to stop taking pictures of their pets. And they're not going to stop encouraging their audiences to, to take pictures of their pets. And they're going to be engaging with their audience left and right because they actually love what they do. And that's the magic to it all is to find that. Right. Because once that's found, it's like, boom, uh, like, I don't think of, see, so in one sense, you're like, do you ever unplug or what else do you do? And I'm like, but like, this is, I'm doing what I love all day, every day. Like, why would I do anything else? Like, that would be absurd for me to do anything else. Um, like I go stand up paddle surf from time to time. I was down in Peru, caught some waves. Cool. But like, are you tired? That shit's hard work, you know, <laughs> like hour and a half later, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's get back to it. Go send an email, make like six, seven grand. Like, perfect. That's fun. Like, I like, I like it because that income is a, a reflection of how much value I just delivered to that group of people. Type sure. Of. Sure. And then, and then what made you say marketing is like the thing that I'm like, I'm going to fall in love with, or is it just like the whole course of the thing kind of. Yeah. I don't think compounded. I declared, I don't think I decided that. Right. Like that, that happened. And, and this is where the whole like choose a niche and, and who do you like, I committed to helping an audience. And the audience I was committed to helping are people who were in a similar situation where I was like broke, can't afford a $2,000 course. They've bought into scam A and scam B. They, they probably dabbled in get rich quick this and probably did some network marketing, which I'm, I'm a recovering opportunity seeker. And like, I just was like, I got to commit to these people and actually make sure that what I see as the right path is available online for free for them, for the hustlers, for the, for the broke folk out there, for those who can't buy into the courses. And I just know if they could buy in the courses, they wouldn't get what they need anyways. Because those course creators don't give everything because they can't, because then they wouldn't be able to sell you their next course. If they actually solved your problem, you would stop going and buying from them. So it's a perpetual thing where I'm like, I'm good financially. Like I'll just put out all the helpful stuff. 
and I've, I've been, you know, professionals get to this level when you've just like, it's, I've lived, eaten, breathed this since 2003. 80 hour plus weeks since 03. Like it, it flows through me at a level that my, my brain has been wired over those years, whether I like it or not, it's just, it's just a part of who I am. And then I just decided to kind of like unlock that and share that with the world. And now the comments and, and the, the experiences helping other people grow their businesses. Like, so we got Natalie and she's, you know, like French lady in Canada doing like a similar spiritual thing. Like, her size bringing in like three, four grand a month right now. Like she's crushing it. Like, and, and she's, she's encountered all kinds of challenges and problems. And I love it. Like that is so rewarding to me to help her get that going. Um, that I just like, yeah. Um, so it, I feel like it chose me right by necessity. And I feel like more people, it's like, I just made the commitment to the audience to like, you know what, I'm going to be the most helpful person for people who are committed to figuring it out. And what does that mean? Well, it means I got to keep showing up. And that's what got me to where, got me to here, right? That's why I'm showing up on yours because there's somebody in your, who's going to find this video who ain't never heard of you before. And they're thinking about this, that, the other. And hopefully the ideas we've covered here have uh, connected with them a little bit and given them maybe the next step or a, a bright idea on how to approach things. And, and perfect. Like then, then my time here is well spent. Sure. Um, if you it. were going to give a potential entrepreneur i say potential because it's tough to pull the trigger um some advice or if they're thinking about leaving their job you know they're nine to five what would your advice be yeah um don't leave your nine to five until you can replace your income double over with six months savings because the odds of it, it working are, are tiny and the amount of stress that you'll add to your life is unnecessary um, if needed, get a different job that gives you better timing, maybe something that can get you into marketing to where you can get the types of experiences that might help you um, build this stuff. But um, pulling the plug on cash flow is, is not a wise decision until you've, you've really paid off all debt and you're, you're clear of it. But the key, the key to the game is to go create helpful content for three years straight, period. Like that's it. Like, and it sucks and it's annoying and for three years three years, like ask questions after year three, but years one, two, and three do nothing but publish the most helpful, the most amazing, go be the most helpful person. And the hurdle that gets cleared in that process is a hundred grand a month hurdle, not a 10 grand a month hurdle. And people are thinking, I need to get 10 grand a month. I need to get this. And they try to do things with short-sighted near-term and it never lasts long-term. But when people focus on giving, being the absolute most helpful person in the world for three years in this space, yes, you have to work another job for three years and still do all of the work. When you do that and clear that hurdle, like, like money is something you, most people would never need to think about again. Um, it takes a very long time to build successful businesses. Go study startups, start, study angel investing, study every actual real business in the world. That's what we build is real businesses. There is no online thing that's easier. Is, this isn't the lottery. This isn't a slot machine. This isn't gambling. This is building businesses. And you can look at the data, like 80% of businesses fail within five years and da, 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 da. And like, how do you become one of those that actually makes it and survives? it's by being the most helpful person in your space because then you become the de facto person that everyone recommends, everyone comes to. And if every piece of content has a pitch in it, if every piece of content has uh, an offer in it, no one's going to share you. No one's going to care. 
about you sure. until they know how much you care about them. And that's the one thing I've proven with the growth of my channel is that giving value and that channel cranks out, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars a month in income. And you kind of almost can't even find where the money's coming from. People are baffled by it. Like, Miles, I hope you turn on ads. I don't want you to stop making YouTube videos. Like ads would make me nothing compared to the money I'm making on that <laughs> channel. And it's, it's very subtle when it's done right. And what was done right is the fact that I put out so much content that's so helpful that industry pros are sharing my stuff. Um, people are, my fans are sharing my stuff and, and people are just lining up for more. And it's because of that willingness to just, do the work for three years because it proves I'm not a shyster. I'm not here for the short term. I really do know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm now better at making videos than I ever was before. And like, can you monetize along the way? Of course. Right. That's not, I'm not saying like go celibate for three years and then you'll find the love of your life type thing. But it's just, <laughs> it's, it's about going all in on the, the perspective of if I can give enough value and I can really prove and establish myself as the most helpful person on Google or YouTube, that's all that matters. Maybe a podcast, but that's all that matters, Google or YouTube. And then you become the person that everyone finds when they search. Because what do people do when they need to solve a problem or answer a question? They, they Google it. They Google it. And the people they find on top of Google, they trust. They think that Google has said that, oh, this guy, Miles Beckler, is obviously worthy of place one on Google. Like Google doesn't look at our websites. Like, you know, it's like, it's an algorithm, but they trust what they find at the top of Google. And it just takes a long time to get enough things up there to really build massive amounts of traffic. Like my YouTube channel did not really start to grow until 300 videos in like at 300 videos, the best video I could produce every single day. And the first one sucked. Like the best I could produce was terrible day one. And it was even worse day two somehow. I was probably <laughs> hung up. Um, but the videos I'm producing now are a little bit better, but it was, it took 300 pieces of content to really get that going on the affiliate site. I've got a hundred pieces of content that we've reworked and I'm barely scratching the surface. Like that, that site is not done it ain't nothing passive. Um, I'm a third of the way there. Um, wifey's site has a thousand or 1100 blog posts and she reaches millions of people a year with that site. And, and we're still just, how do we give more value? Keep showing up for the audience. And it's she like 1100 blogs. Oh my God. And we get, we get traffic from 135,000 different keywords every month, 135,000 keywords drive traffic. It's little things spread across very large numbers that make this business work. People who are all in, they get one funnel working, they get one ad working, they get one product working, they get one thing working. They're going to disappear at some point, whether it's today, tomorrow, whether it's when the COVID, whether it's the Movid, Dovid, Rovid, whatever hit, something's going to hit and take them out. Whether it's some competitor who steals their method, who, who steals their product and, and recreates it and sells it for 20% of the price. Something's going to happen, right? And, but people who build themselves as linchpins in industries, linchpins, the, 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 most trusted source. People know that they can search Miles Beckler keyword research, Miles Beckler SEO. People know when they find my videos in search results, they can trust that they're going to get some serious knowledge. And that is why I'm winning and will continue to win. People know when they find my wife stop that they can trust her, that they can believe her, that she's real. She's not some fake brand. She's not somebody hiding behind a computer because that's what our competitors do. And they know when they get her audio that they're going to have that experience because that's what they've come to know and trust. And Melanie's been showing up for 10 years and she's still showing up and she's going to keep showing up. And it, it inspires people to, to be more. And that is why they keep coming back. And that just doesn't happen quickly. Um, it just takes time. 
Um, and that's, that's the key. And it, it, you know, for some people like, Oh man, that sucks. Like I wanted it to be easy. Oh, I wanted to hit the lottery. Well, you know, just like such as life, right? Like, so what commit to some people? Yeah, you want to help I, I think, and, I think the other thing too is a lot of stuff isn't as hard as people actually make it seem. I think process is simple. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like going to the gym, right? It's not that difficult. Yeah. You're, you know, you're going to, you're going to work out, but it's not that bad. It's not like you're going to the Marine Corps crucible here and, right. you know, Paris Island and, and, you know, you're literally getting beat up every day. Like, right. you know, okay. So you have to go to the gym every day. If you could replace the gym or you could add one more thing into your routine, at least that's the way I think you could that's it. at least skyrocket success. Well, and so, so like the gym analogy is great, right? Cause people think that, that like, you know, you were even like, well, aren't you ever going to retire? And like a lot of people have this thought that there's some exit. There's like, okay, I'm going to do entrepreneurship until a point, And then I'm going to, I would love for someone to fill in the blank on that. Like what the fuck are you going to do after that? Like you're gonna be bored. You're going to hate your life. You drink a bunch, like sit on a beach. Like, no, none of that's fulfilling how do I know I've tried and I've, I've, I've studied entrepreneurship and I've studied successful people and I've studied wealth. The most fulfilled people are people who are creating value for others all of their life, whether it's, um, ex-presidents who still build houses with their bare hands at the age of 80, right? That's, that is what fulfillment actually is. And it's like, there's this point where people can just cross the threshold and realize like, okay, I'm on this earth. I got to do something with my time. What am I going to do? I'm going to help these people with this because I love gardening. So I'm going to help gardeners with gardening. I love gaming. So I'm going to help people with sim racing. I love drones. So I'm going to help this and then just go forth and give value to that audience and everything. The audience we give value to is the audience that supports us. And it's, it's about growing the audience of people who know you, like you and trust you. And it just, it takes time and uh we live in a magical time man like to think that that with like all my videos started on like 250 dollars cell phone right like literally just a cheap ass cell phone is what my video started on the i mean i just upgraded my laptop the laptop i had was a uh, five-year-old lenovo laptop i still don't run super fancy laptops right like like the tech is easy it's the willingness to show up in that gym someone who becomes fit. That's a lifestyle change. It's not, I'm going to go to the gym for 90 days and then I'll be there and then I can stop and I can go back to the way I was. Well, you go back to the way it was, your body goes back to the way it was, right? It yeah. is a forever thing. And it's the little stuff over little periods of time. And, and people who are in their eighties and are extremely mobile, they're hiking. I, so I live in Sedona. We got, there's a lot of wealthy people hiking. I see 80, 85 year old people, 90 year old people out on the trails hiking around. Right. And I know 70 year old folks who ain't got no, they can't even get them a walk. They can't walk around. They're obese. They're, they're like, they can't get. And what that 70 or 80 year old person who's still hiking the trails did is at some point in their twenties or thirties, they decided that I'm the kind of person who gets exercise every single day, regardless. And there's, you know, there's people who are ripped in their sixties and those people just made the commitment to keep showing up every single day. And it's that philosophy is they, they just committed to becoming a healthy person. And they realized that was a lifelong commitment. Entrepreneurs who make that sort of commitment are those who actually get there because when it's a lifelong commitment, there's no thing that's going to happen. That's going to knock us off our horse because this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm one of these kinds of people. I wake sure. up every day creating value for my audience kinds of people. Did it pay me today? I don't know. I don't fucking care. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing it because that's who I am. 
And when that becomes, I go to the gym every day, not because I'm ripped. I ain't expecting this fruit tree I'm planting today to give me fruit today. And I am actually about to go out in the yard and plant fruit trees. It's three years before I'm going to get fruit off my fruit tree. Sure. What, like I'm not going to plant the fruit tree because I didn't get a fruit for three years. It's, it's that whole philosophy. And, you know, just, I love the gym analogy. I think it's so perfect, right? Like three years in going to the gym for an hour a day, you know, most days each week, you're probably going to be very, very physically fit at the end of, I mean, I don't even think it would take three years. Um, but it, it is that kind of an approach. It's not, there's no one big thing. There's no going viral. There's no win. There's no lottery ticket and there's no celebrations and there's no, it's, it's kind of empty victories in some regards. And that's where, where the bigger picture is, is what really makes it all work. I gotcha. I like that. Um, how long did it take you or what had to happen for you to realize that one, you needed a system and two, you had to get the right people in place? It's so systems are being frustrated with seeing like giant peaks and valleys, right? Like we made good money one month. We didn't make much money the next month. We made good money the next month. We didn't make much money next month. Like, unless we went back to the feeder bar, we weren't making any money. And it was like, you know what? I want consistent income over time. I want to be able to afford mortgages. I want to make sure that we're covered. We're good. So that's where systems come in because systems makes things work consistently over time with or without input. You know, some systems require input. Some systems don't require input. And then once those are built, it's like, okay, well, who's actually doing this? So if you think of a factory line where, you bring in blocks of raw aluminum and they get put into a mill or a lathe or whatever it is and they get turned into valuable things. Do I need to be the person standing at that machine, putting it in, finding my zero center, making sure it's flat and level? Like, no, like, why not? Why am I doing this? And so it's, it's kind of realizing that there is more potential. There's a higher and better use of, there's a higher and highest and best use of my time and energy. Um, so we started by doing everything very haphazardly trying as many different things as needed. Uh, some things made money. Most things didn't. Okay. Of the things that did make money, how do we build systems around them to make sure that happens over and over and over with or without my input? Okay. Can't take all of my inputs out. Well, how do I get somebody else to do it? Perfect. And then I just get to do more stuff I want to do. And it's, um, you know, it's again, it's, this is what building businesses is like a business is a, our corporation delivers value to the lives of millions and millions of people. It doesn't mean I have to do it. I don't want to do it all. I want to do the fun stuff that, that really intrigues me. Um, with that said, there's a lot of rubbish I have to deal with um, as the CEO, but um, <laughs> such is life. Sure. Yeah. I guess that that's, I mean, that's the, that's the thing that you accept when you, I guess, step into this role. Yep. I mean, ain't nobody going to do my books for me. I tried hiring a chief financial officer at one point. That was a ridiculous waste of time. You know, a decent bookkeeper, but even the bookkeeper, like, like how do I know they got their head out of their ass, right? Like, I, like at some point, I got to be involved on it. Um, I've got it down to the absolute bare minimum at this point in time, but, but, but I still need to check in on it. Sure. And that's where I'm at now is, is like customer support. There for a while, I did all of the customer support, two, three hours of tickets a day. Um, and now we have other people doing all of the customer support and every once in a while, a new type of question we don't have a template for pops in to my world through Slack and I give them a template and they save it. And forevermore, that question can be answered by someone else. 
and they have parameters. If someone's not happy, like, well, give them their money back or give them a product that's worth double what they paid if they would prefer that. Like, I don't care. Like they have a number. If they can pretty much give away products up to a certain value with, without even having to ask me about it because I, I don't fucking care. They're digital products. They cost nothing to deliver, right? Um, we want our customers to be happy. That's the philosophy and, and boom. Now that whole side of the business, I, I spend maybe four hours a year dealing with customer stuff. Um, really? Oh yeah. And it used to be four hours a day. Just because you not, I don't say outsourced it, but you just found the right people, trained the right people on it and, and it's no longer an issue. Yep. And templates and standard operating procedures and, and ticketing systems instead of email inboxes. And yeah, like the just structure and systems and, and all the bits and pieces around it. And, and it went from me doing all the work and then it was me literally sitting there watching them do all of the work. And then it was me sitting there monitoring them doing, and it was, you know, months and months and months of process of increased amounts of work before getting to the point of decreased work. Right. And then decreased work simply means I just get to go work on $50 an hour or $100 an hour problems instead of $15 an hour problems. Because customer sure. support is a $15 an hour problem. Has to be yeah. done. It has to be done well. But it's still like $20 an hour. Okay, maybe, right? Like maybe. But like copywriting, that's, that's potentially hundreds of dollars an hour type. Sure. Work. Interesting. And then how do you find your team members? All over, man. So there's job board listings, um, Upwork. There's onlinejobs.ph for people who, you know, if I want to try find people in the Philippines to do work, like my developers in the Philippines, my designers in the Philippines, because English as a second language is, is sufficient for code, right? He, he's fluent HTML. Um, <laughs> Upwork, uh, fucking YouTube comments, man. I've had people pop into YouTube comments who have been like, I want to work for you. And like, I don't know about that. And kind of end up working. Um, so... Uh the, the job and the goal of a CEO is to find and develop talent before you need it. So that's kind of one thing I'm, I'm on is looking for talent. Um, I've emailed my list before and said, Hey, I got a job. Yeah. You just did it the other day. Yep. Yep. Did another one for another writer position. I did that back in November as well. And the, the kid I found in the UK from my list in November, he's absolutely crushing it for us and just doing wonders. And it's, um, so yeah, it's, HireMyMom.com, Upwork.com. There's that, that's Hire where I started. Com. Did I hear that mm -hmm. right? Yep. HireMyMom.com. There's a, a large um, audience of of moms who want to stay at home, and you can find moms who have law degrees and who have MBAs and who have run real businesses, and they've made the decision that they want to stay at home with their kids. And it's essentially like a big mailing list, and and they'll mail out your job offer. Um, and you can find, you know, moms who, who value staying at home with their kids and, and working a bit, um, or staying at home for whatever reason, whether they have other physical reasons or limitations. Um, yeah, there, there's no lack of talent in the world. It's difficult to, to sort through it all and to find it all, but there, there's no lack of talent. Yeah. I thoroughly agree with that one. A little bit of a lack of ambition, but not talent. Yes. Uh, why do you think there's a lack of ambition though? I don't know why are humans humans, man. Fair enough. Yeah, I, that's a very deep thing. I don't know. Right here, I have taught everything I know for free and most people aren't doing the work. And yet they'll go watch another webinar and they'll buy another $2,000 scam and complain about it, but they won't ever actually do the work. Um, they don't want it bad enough. Like I don't, I don't fully know what it is uh, or why. It's a, it is a deep philosophical question though. Um, but when you find it, 
if you find ambition, if you find somebody who's ambitious, I don't even care if it's a server at a restaurant. Uh, that's what I look for when I hire is ambition is people who have a, a, a bigger reason why, um, who are compelled for something greater because most people are very, very, very comfortable striving for mediocrity in this world. Sure. I like it. It's, I mean, it's deep, you know, it, it's, I kind of am in the same boat because I've, I've now thankfully had my business for, I just broke the two year mark and you know, so many people like, how'd you do it? And it's like, I use the gym analogy, right? Yep. Get up and I go, I get up and go to the work every single day, you know, and even when I'm not working, I'm at a family function or I'm out with friends or whatever it is. I promise you I'll be checking my email for something to come in. Maybe not habitually, but hey, we're walking to the car. Let me check my email. Is there something that needs my attention immediately right now? Yep. You know, so I definitely do believe that it's ingrained in you. What do you tell people? Oh, this is going to be a good one. What do you tell people when they say you're lucky? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I just don't even. I just, I'm just like, okay. Like, they, they'll just never get it. Like, luck is created, obviously. Um we get that from like friends and family, like, oh, you guys are so lucky. And it's like, oh, you, you clearly have not paid attention to how brutal of a path this is and how, you know, you've decided to go to Thursday happy hours and barbecues every weekend and, and party all the time instead of sacrificing all that time and, and working 80, 90 hour weeks. Um, but like literally, so at this point, I just, I don't even get that comment, right? Like I just don't interact with people who are in that space. Like they're just not even in my life um, in any way, shape or form. And that's, that's part by design. Um, and I think once you get to the point where, you know, I'm over 10 years in on this full-time online for about 10 years, um, families understanding of it has changed significantly. And, and there's no longer like, Oh, you'd be really good at this job. Be like, no, 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 we're good. <laughs> life is good i'm digging what i've got going on and what did your parents want you and melanie to do before this uh you know my parents have just been super supportive um but there's yeah like just for most people they think entrepreneurship is risky and i think that working a corporate job is very risky um we have seen 36 million americans get laid off in the last six weeks give or take right now as of this yeah. recording um, that's the risky approach. So, um, who knows what they wanted? Don't care. Um, busy doing my work, man. I got, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a blinders on. No one gets us. Entrepreneurs are, we're not understood. Why would someone lock the, why would someone set an alarm and wake up at 4am when they have to go to work at eight? Like that's what I did every day for years. I set my alarm at 4 a.m. I work from 4 a.m. to 7.30 before showering and going to work. I gave my best hours of my day to me and my family corporation. Then I got home and I said, no, I can't go to the bar. I can't go to happy hour. I can't do this. I have to work. And I'd work after an eight-hour day and a two-hour commute. I would then work until about 9, 10 o'clock at night and I would go to bed and I would wake up at 4 a.m. the next day, every day. And then on Saturdays and Sundays when everybody was doing barbecues and this, that, the other, I would say, no, thank you. I cannot go. I have things to do. And I would wake up at six o'clock or seven o'clock. And that felt like sleeping in. Uh, and I would work all day with a meditation break and a hike, um, Saturdays, Sundays, all day, every day. And in the first three years, there was no results, right? People like it just wasn't creating anything, but I just knew it was going somewhere. I knew that growing an audience of people who knew us, liked us and trusted us would, would 
eventually support a lifestyle that was far superior than my family members who were, you know, still like oogling over the thought of a six figure job. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think I'm, I just, I'm not even playing that game. Um, and they they just didn't really get us. Um, my family was supportive, but yeah. And, and now it's kind of like, I haven't gone to a, I haven't commuted or gone anywhere in 10 years. Like it's, it's extremely rare for me to set an alarm or, you know, it's usually I have to catch a flight. I'm flying out of country or something, going somewhere. I've lived in 23 countries. Um, I've lived in beach mansions that, that are just works of art, like utter stunning and like for incredibly inexpensive, um, made service every day. Like I've experienced levels of life that, that my family members, the same family members who, you know, maybe thought that, that having a job would be the safe and secure approach. Like they, they just, there's no comprehension of, of some of the life experiences I've had hiking with elephants through the jungles of uh, Thailand. Um, incredible, incredible stuff. Just because you're a business owner and not an entrepreneur. A location independent business owner, right? Like specifically built a business that would allow me that type of freedom. And I didn't start a restaurant because I know I, I, I researched this. I've looked into this. I studied I business. Say, I studied something wealth. something you've looked into prior? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was flipping houses for a while. Like you can't move them. Not everyone can buy them. They're extremely expensive. They cost tens of thousands of dollars to repair. Uh, they're highly leveraged by the banks. That, that, that's the business model of real estate investing. And I was good at it. I was flipping houses. I was finding deals with zero money down. I was uh, bird dogging and, and middlemanning. And I was like, I don't like this business model. It doesn't give me the freedoms of life I want. Um, so yeah, every, most everything I've done has been incredibly calculated. Um, and not everything worked, but it was still a calculated attempt. Um, and, and ultimately we found two or three things that worked. And we're still just doing those two or three things that worked over and over and over. We're working on making them more efficient in these little tiny ways, but, but we are just doing those two or three things that work over and over and over and over and over and over and over. We create content for our audience. We email our list. We create products for our audience. Create content for our audience. We email our list. We create products for our audience. That's, that's it, right? The, the, the magic happens when you do that thousands and thousands and thousands of times over, over the course of three, five, seven, ten 10 years, right? That's because then you become the de facto expert in your world and everybody links to you for you and everybody shares you and everybody recommends you and your, your customers become your marketers and, and just boom. Hashtag winning. I like it, man. That's a good way to end this podcast. Cool, man. Well, thanks for having me on. This has been really cool. Thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Cheers. Alrighty, guys, and that is it. I hope you guys had as much fun as I had on this podcast. Um, it's super cool. Miles is just a super, super likable dude. Uh, really, really enjoy him. Just outrageously talented. Knows his uh, knows his stuff. And on top of that, just a, what a cool story. Uh, this is truly one that I, I really do enjoy, and a lot of my podcasts, I, I think I could say that about, because uh, I try not to have those fake people on. I really try to have um, not only good guests, but people that really share real knowledge and, and have a cool story that kind of, you know, they weren't handed everything. So, beyond excited to have the show. Miles, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the next one. And guys, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. This is it. Super short, sweet, simple. I'll see you guys on the next one. Till then. 
Peace.